the world leader in Internet Talk Radio. Internet Talk Radio. You're listening to America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Welcome to Dr. Carol's Couch with your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. All comments, views, and opinions are solely those of Dr. Lieberman, her guests, and callers. Now it's time to have a seat on Dr. Carol's Couch. Here's your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome to today's edition of Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host. And you know, if you've been listening to this show for a while, that one of the things I believe in is that everything happens for a reason. My guest today, Susan Apollon, was actually scheduled to be on the show uh, a few weeks ago, and for various reasons, <laughs> um, we kept putting it off to the next week. I mean, as you know, primarily, one of the reasons was so that I could do some uh, crisis intervention and try to get the world mobilized to save Terry Schiavo. And um, uh, unless we have a miracle happening, which I have not given up wishing for, um, I hope that none of you have either, but unless there is this miracle, it is uh, looking as though we are going to all have to deal with uh, her passing. Now, there are some who, um, according to the polls, a lot more than I'm sort of certainly comfortable with um, accepting as true, but apparently a lot of people seem to think that, um, or the majority seem to think that um, she would be better off dead. Um, and I, I only have to say that um, I, I would hope that that's because um, these people did not know the whole story and just have this idea through the media, these sound bites, that she's a vegetable and that it would be more humane to her to let her die, which is not the case at all. But I don't want to, um, I'm not going <laughs> to rant on about that today, but I'm mentioning it as a way of saying that it is perfect to have my guest um, on today uh, because one of the things that she does, well, I'll, I'll read you uh, some of her bio, but one of the things that she does and can help us do in advance, again, absent a miracle, is to help us deal with um, Terry Schiavo's impending death um, because I do believe that this is going to have a tremendous impact on all of us, I think around the world, but especially people in the United States who will lose, will have lost, will lose a lot of faith. I mean, we've lost, we've lost some of it already. A, a lot of faith in uh, the justice system, of course, and in our leaders, and in um, believing that uh, that 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 people that there's enough good in this world, or that I mean, I, the fact that we're all standing by, um, and especially people who have power to do something are standing by and letting this travesty happen is really going to have an impact on all of us. So let me read to you some of the bio of my guest, and um, you can put, put your feet up on my couch and be ready to be soothed in advance. For close to 20 years, Susan Apollon has worked as a psychotherapist, psychologist, and healer, treating children and adults who are traumatized, diagnosed with cancer or other life-threatening illnesses, dealing with death and dying, 
and those who are grieving. She brings to her patients a gentle blend of warmth, compassion, and wisdom gained from surviving her own illnesses and losses. Her expertise and training as a wife, mom, teacher, psychologist, researcher, and student of energy, mind, and consciousness, and finally her own intuitive development. Coming from a family of physicians, Susan's intent is to heal emotionally, mentally, physically, and spiritually, but at the level of the soul, and always with love and compassion. Focusing on the many blessings each of us has, she guides her patients to the recognition that we are here to live life in joy and peace, to be happy, and that the resources for this are within each of us. Intention is everything, she often tells her patients. With love, clear intent and choice, transformation, healing, and very often spiritual awakening become our reality. And when this occurs, everything feels wonderful. Well, welcome to the show, Susan. And Carol, thank you very much. I think this would be about a, a good time for everything to start feeling wonderful when it feels so bad. Yeah, yeah it would be nice. It would be nice. What uh, have you been thinking of this yourself before today um, about how what an impact this is going to have on all of us? Well, I think yeah, people have asked me, and um, you know what I I my heart just is with the parents. I think about the situation from the perspective of those who are. Um, having to deal with the possibility of grieving their daughter and their the parents, the family, the friends, and um, I suppose the community too that really has developed a relationship with Terry. For these individuals in particular, you know, if, if Terry is left to die, this is going to be very difficult for them, and they will be left in this place of being separated from this beautiful soul and spirit, they're and physically separated from her and they will miss her. And their experience, I think, will be different than that which the population of the country may experience. It's a different kind. Um, so my, my heart tends to be so much more with where those individuals are because that's pretty much where I'm coming from. And... Um, because of the research that I've done, which is why I wanted to write Touched by the Extraordinary. Yes, book. I was realizing I forgot to mention the title of your book. I, I read on this whole bio. I just remember, actually, if you had it not. It doesn't matter. The, the book is called Touched by the Extraordinary. But the reason it's called Touched by the Extraordinary is because for all these years, people that I've cared for who were cancer patients or members of, of families of cancer patients and, and others who are grieving, would share their stories with me. And these stories would be of um, having connections with loved ones who had died. And the connections would come in many forms. And, and so they would say to me, my patients would say to me, I can't tell anybody this because people will think I'm crazy. And, you know, after having so many of these kinds of experiences, because it's the concentrated work that I do, I thought I needed to start researching on my own so that I could provide some answers for individuals, and it was piquing my curiosity, too. So as a result of all of this work with people who are grieving, who have shared stories, and of um, oh, close to 15 years of intense research and interviewing, what I do at this point is I bring to these experiences when somebody is dying 
an awareness of what I've learned, which is my senses, based on everything that I've learned, that the body dies, the physical body dies, but that which is the soul or consciousness or mind, whatever word you want to put to it, that continues to be. And that is something that, that, that is the essence of the individual. And these individuals, when we, I'll call it Passover, I don't know what else to call it, they have a way of letting us know that they continue to be with us, but in a different form. They continue to be with us in a non-physical way. And they give us lots of indication. So going back to Terry Shivo and her family situation, I, I, my heart breaks for them in terms of their being physical beings who are now going to be grieving their daughter and their sister and their loved one. But I also feel, based on what I've learned, and that's what I chose to write about, that Terry, if she wishes, and it's really a, an individual thing, but I suspect she will because it's usually a function of love, will provide indications that she is with them but in a different capacity, mm-hmm. which means they will then be left to form a new relationship with their daughter. And that's not something that they want. Nobody wants that because when we love somebody, we don't want to form a new relationship. We mm-hmm. want the old relationship. But given the fact that sometimes we can't change circumstances, and they are what they are, Terry, I believe, will find a way to let them know that she continues to be present for them. Does that help? That's yes, where I'm coming yes. from. But now that sort of brings up the question, how do people, not just her family, but people in general, how um, do people become more aware of, I mean, is that what you, do you teach people to become more open to um, these kinds of signs or do people? Yeah, yeah. in Touch by the Extraordinary, what I've done, it's, It's in two parts, and what I want those of you who are listening and following this to know is that I've done a lot of research. So the first part provides research that indicates what are the ways, how are the ways that they choose to let us know that they're with us. And I use anecdotes and research in the second part of just longer stories that deal with the same thing. Now, essentially, what I've learned is that the ways that they come or they choose to communicate with us are as creative as they were when they were here on a physical basis. Mm-hmm. Personality-wise, seems to continue even non-physical. Mm-hmm. And so they may choose to come, um, be present, and, and become a, a visual experience for us, show up visually. They may come, and we know that, by the way, 60 it's like 67%, I believe, is what it is, two-thirds of the people in this country in, in one of the polls that was taken have experienced on a uh, visually a loved one or someone that's close to them deceased they've experienced them and one study of widows 50% of that group of widows had experienced their spouses also who had died so that's one way another way is that because we are energy everything in the universe is energy and therefore everything is vibration what happens is that i think based on my research and what people shared with me the easiest way that they can communicate is by playing around with the energy. So usually what happens is that people report to me the lights were blinking, and there was nothing wrong with the lights. Uh, They usually blink, by the way, when people are in a place of pain or they're thinking of their loved ones. So the lights over the kitchen or the 
you know, family room table, whatever, will start blinking. I've had that happen several times. And they will also use a phone, and when you're thinking of them, the phone will ring, there will be no answer, or their name will show up on the answering device. That happened with my father-in-law. They can also blink, they can turn on televisions when they feel you're distressed. I have one husband who does that, deceased, for his wife. He was fond of the religious channel. (laughs) She's not. And when she is um, in a difficult place, it'll just, just turn on that TV to the religious channel. <laughs> really bugs her, too. But that, it is cute. And then they'll do other things. If they had a favorite scent, like a cologne, or they loved a particular scent of flowers, you will smell that on occasion. Nothing, it comes in and then it goes out. If they are a strong presence, they will come in and you will feel their presence. I've had a number of people share that with me. And when it happens, it's a very strong soothing, loving feeling. It's it's sort of like that light that people talk about in the near-death experience. Mm-hmm. It's a light that has no real description in the physical world. Well, here's something, some energy that we're... <laughs> Somebody's trying to communicate with us <laughs> that we need to take a break. Okay. My guest today is Susan Apollon. She is the author of Touched by the Extraordinary, and it's a, an extraordinary book. And we're going to continue talking with her on Dr. Carol's Couch. And I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Informative. Educational. Insightful. You're listening to VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Go behind the scenes of what you see, hear, and read on the news. Learn the ins and outs of public relations on Stars of PR with Cindy R. every Thursday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time. Cindy Rakowitz is the Clio Award winner and founder of Rack and Roll Public Relations who wants to share her experiences and knowledge with you. Learn how to handle a crisis, deal with celebrities, and become a terrific PR executive. Listen to Stars of PR with Cindy R. every Thursday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Information you need, when you need it, voiceamerica.com. Do you have questions concerning your personal portfolio? And would you like to know where the market's going before it gets there? Then you need to tune in to Elite Masters of Trading, hosted by the Traders Coach, Robin Day, every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Robin has great ideas on how to invest, save, and make money. So become an elite trader in the market every Wednesday at 10 a.m. with the Traders Coach, Robin Dane, and Elite Masters of Trading, right here on the Voice America Radio Network. Continuing to be the authority in Internet Talk Radio, you're listening to VoiceAmerica.com. Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have questions or comments for Dr. Carol, call toll-free at 1-888-335-5204. Now let's get back to the show. Here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And 
welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host. Today we're talking with the author of Touched by the Extraordinary, Susan Applin. And um, we all, uh, as I mentioned earlier, need to be... <laughs> need to be uh, in a space where we can feel a bit healed and hopeful today um, as we anticipate, um, unless there's a miracle, the passing of Terry Schiavo. Um, you know, just to back up a little bit, you said that you worked with people or you had gotten um, anecdotes from people who felt like they were in connection with someone who had passed on. But was that because, I mean, did you work with um the families of people who had terminal illnesses, or did you work with people who had these terminal illnesses like cancer themselves? Both. I mean, my practice, I specialize in oncology. So okay. I work with the patients, but, you know, some not more recently, more of my patients are living. And, mm-hmm. you know, because I think of the work that I'm doing is based on what I've been learning. However... You know, a number of people have died, and so I continue then seeing, if the family desires, I continue seeing those caretakers or family members that are trying to process their grief. And in the process, they will share with me their experiences. I see. And what, okay, and and what is, how um, does the work that you do with these ill patients um, make use of what you started telling us as far as, being in communication, I mean, I assume that that's, is that what, how, how actually do you work with these patients? I guess that's the best question. Well, are we, we're talking about the cancer patients? Yes, or okay. patients who are, who are afraid that they may die soon from whatever illness. Yeah. Well, for one thing, um, when you are, let's say, if I'm sharing, if they've read the book, or they've read stories like this and they share it with me, or if they can share a story or two of something similar, and then I add a couple of stories that I have, what begins to happen, little by little, is I call it like the opening of the door to the soul. And so what happens is that you begin to hear some of these stories. You begin to re-examine what you feel life is about and what you feel you're here for and whether or not you feel life continues and whether or not you feel this is all there is. And so as the stories become, they they fall on your plate one way or another, people want to know more. When Raymond Moody wrote Life After Life um, years ago, and he was, besides Kubler-Ross actually was the first to research it, but Moody wrote about it first, so he kind of got to it first. But anyway, what he wrote at the end of this little booklet, was that those, he challenged those who followed to research some of this uh, experience where people die and then they come back again. And what he wrote at the last page, I believe, was those of you who choose to do it will find yourselves being transformed by it. And that is what happens. Every one of the researchers that I know of well-known individuals, including just well-known people, and then I found myself going through the same thing, what happens is that you begin to shift from this place of, well, it's kind of hard to believe, but to beginning to accept this is really pretty interesting. I kind of like this. And you begin to shift vibrationally and you feel more comfortable with it. 
And so you begin to allow in more sense of hopefulness and more sense of joy and peace. And this is a real transformation that is both healing and it's a transformation of the soul. That's what happens to my patients. That's what happens to anybody who gives themselves permission to want to begin to know more and more because it really is not just fascinating. It's about, well, you know, if life continues, then what is the meaning of my life here? And do I have to live in a state of fear since um, life continues? It's just a little different. And if my daughter has just died, maybe I really will be with her in a different way and maybe we, she and I can have a continue to be now together but just in a different relationship. All these things begin to change us. So my patients, little by little, from this perspective now, begin to find this as healing. I'm having a little trouble understanding this. Go ahead. Um, I mean, because it seems paradoxical. On the one hand, I presume that you're, one of the goals in your treatment is to help them, um, or maybe I'm coming from my own perspective because I sometimes work with people who are facing um, life-threatening illnesses, and um, of course you try to alleviate their stress, their psychological stress, whatever it comes from, fear of dying, um, uh, you know, dealing with the medical establishment, whatever all these different stresses are that they have, um, you stressors from childhood that they never dealt with, you try to get them to, uh, I try to get them to see um, these things in a way that makes them feel less stressed, more powerful, and um, can then help their illness because of the fact that we all know that stress causes people to get ill, and the less um, stress that you have, the, the more you can, your immune system and the rest of your body can try to get healthier, can heal. And so on the one hand, if you look at that, the goal of that is to go towards life, life as we know it, mm-hmm. physically and mentally. And yet, if I'm understanding you correctly, um, you're sort of also or, or instead of paradoxically trying to get them to realize that they may be passing into a, a different state, that their soul would be the same, but you know, you're trying to get them to embrace this other state that they might be going towards. Is that correct? No, I think... I may, I'm perhaps confusing you, and I don't mean to. I, we're definitely on the same page in terms of our goals. When I'm working with anybody that is given a diagnosis or coming to me as, quote, unquote, dying, whatever, my job is to, well, my job is to help them feel good, first of all. It's to help them find that place of peace and well-being. Mm-hmm. And in doing that, I'm doing what you're doing. That's for me, one of the ultimate goals to help, that's why I wrote the book. I wanted to help people take back their power. I wanted to empower everybody if I possibly can. And when you are coming from a place of concern or anxiety or worry, just as you said, you're, you have, you're feeling like you've lost some of that power. You're feeling disempowered. And so all of this information is a way of enabling individuals to little by little, if they choose, find a place of peace and well-being. And that's taking back their power. And ultimately, my job is to, it is to help people feel good. 
but I'm here to help people have a great life, too. And the work that I've done, both as um, a psychologist who specializes in grief and as a psychologist who specializes in working with those who are ill, is about enabling my people to, those who come to me, that is, to find that place that feels good so they can move on with their life in a really joyful, uplifting way. That's okay. what I'm about. But don't um, don't some of these, with, with, with looking at life after death or life after life or... Um, or this transformation of the soul isn't don't you get some resistance or from people who are who don't want to think about um doing that i mean i know. have to honor where they are if somebody does not want to go there i'm not going to go there but um it, it's an interesting journey i always see life as a journey and i see working with individuals as a journey mm-hmm. each of us has our own journey Right. And the bottom line for me is that I need to honor the place that somebody comes to me, where they are, and not bring my agenda to them. You know, right. I, I work with where they are. But in the process of doing this, you know, it's like going on a trip. You know, you're going to be exposed to new sights and new experiences, mm-hmm. and those things will begin to open up the door of your soul just a bit more. And hopefully they will feel good. They will feel soothing, they will feel comforting, and anything that feels good, soothing, and comforting, as you indicated before, is going to enhance the working of the immune system. Now, that may or may not uh, lead to some uh, temporary healing, um, but it will lead to healing, if not on a physical basis, it usually leads to healing on an emotional or mental or spiritual basis. Okay, but do you understand what I'm saying, that it must be very tricky from your perspective? I call it a dance, Carol. It Uh is tricky. I call it a dance. When I've taught, you know, and and I've done seminars, it is a dance that I feel like I'm walking. When you're dancing with somebody or I'm walking on a line, and Mm -hmm. I have to be careful not to go to one side or the other because, you know, if if people, you know, obviously people don't want to think about dying if they're here and they want to have life. But here's the thing that I've also learned to do. I've changed. Um, I've been doing this almost 20 years, and my approach is entirely different than when I began. And as a therapist who works in grieving, the approach now in my work with my patients is I help them to stay focused not on a diagnosis, but on that which brings them joy. Um, they do whatever they need. They need to do their medication. They need to do their their, their chemo, their radiation. Uh, that's absolutely essential if that's what they feel they need to do. But they don't need to dwell on it any more than they, they have to dwell on it. In other words, they need to be present, mm-hmm. go get their chemo, fine. But when chemo is over, my guidance for them, suggestions for them, and that's what seems to be helping them uh, turn things around is, you let that go. Now let's start focusing on things that bring you joy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes, I totally agree. It's so easy for people to just get stuck in, uh, right. in, in all the physical complaints and the physical requirements of, and just, just all the logistics of it, and it doesn't leave much time over for joy. But we'll continue this discussion, a very extraordinary discussion, with the author of Touched by the Extraordinary, Susan Apollon. 
You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Bringing the world together. You're listening to America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Are you feeling stuck in some part of your life? You might have some crust-busting to do. Crust is anything that you think, feel, or believe that prevents you from living life full out. Step into the crust-free zone with me, Dr. Pat Basile, and get ready to do some serious crust-busting. Join us on Thursday mornings on voiceamerica.com at 8 a.m. Pacific Time for crust-busting your way to an awesome life. Do you know that over 70% of Americans with severe disabilities are unemployed? Are you one of the 2.5 million Americans with epilepsy? If you are or know someone struggling with these issues, tune in to Disability Matters with Joyce Bender. On the show, Joyce will discuss these issues as well as others. She will have a nationally known guest that will offer helpful insight on disability matters and let you, the listener, call in with your questions and concerns. So if you struggle with a disability or know someone who does, listen to Disability Matters with Joyce Bender. Heard every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time here on VoiceAmerica.com. Cutting edge. Challenging. Stimulating. You're listening to VoiceAmerica.com. When tax time comes, are you the person that goes to your accountant with a shoebox literally full of receipts? Stop wasting your accountant's time as well as your own by organizing your finances with the help of Joe Dunphy and Poor Richard's Shoebox. Heard live every Monday at 7 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, Poor Richard's Shoebox will let you know what you can do to organize for tax time as well as how to get the most out of your retirement. So get all of your receipts together and tune in to Poor Richard's Shoebox with Joe Dunphy every Monday at 7 a.m. Pacific Standard Time right here on the Voice America Radio Network. Business, sports, religion, legal, pets, entertainment. You're listening to VoiceAmerica.com. Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have questions or comments for Dr. Carol, call toll-free at 1-888-335-5204. Now let's get back to the show. Here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. My guest today is Susan Apollon, the author of Touched by the Extraordinary. And Susan, you, um, you've been doing this extraordinary work, and as I was talking to you during the break, telling you how I admire that, because I know how exhausting it can be, I mean uplifting too, but also taking on all of these uh, feelings um, and emotions and, and uh Disappointments and sadness and every emotion from the from patients. It's really very very um, exhausting. And how is it that you got into this um, field to begin with? This specialty of 
psychotherapy. Everybody in my family, oh, I'd say 95% of my family is in medicine. Um, aunts, uncles, father, brothers, daughter, etc. And I have always had this internal desire to heal. I started out as a teacher, and I am a teacher. In my work, I do a great deal of teaching. I actually taught high school Spanish for a number of years before I um, had a family and then went back to school. I like this. I, I just enjoy healing. But I tick differently than a traditionally trained uh, person of medicine. And I operate more from a place of intuitive wisdom. And I've done significant research in that area and development in that area so that I've trained myself to use my intuitive wisdom. But in, in touch by the extraordinary, what I want people to know is you all have it. And if I could do it, believe me, anybody can do it. And but, so I use that in the work that I do. But that's how I got into this. And I, I did along the way study healing. Now healing from... A variety of capacities. I would do a variety of energy modalities I studied, but I actually studied um, with Larry LeShawn's technique, uh, Joyce, excuse me, Goodrich, in New York. And uh, Larry's been honored by Harvard for his work. And it's a method that several other people whose work I talk about in Touch by the Extraordinary, they use this technique. And I started training myself to do it before I actually began studying it with Joyce. And as a result of that, I actually had a wonderful experience in being able to contribute. I can't tell you that I did it, but I know that I made a major contribution in enabling our dog at the time that was diagnosed with cancer. University of Pennsylvania had done the diagnosis, and it was inoperable, and um, went away for a major healing uh, seminar, retreat, whatever you want to call it, and came back and found that... Um, the healing intentions evidently must have worked because the cancer was totally gone. And that was a really great incentive for me. Um, and I continue to do that in the, the work that I do. I just combine my intuitive work with what I learn, and I combine and integrate it with my psychotherapy. Now, could you explain what do you, because I was going to ask you about that anyway, um, what do you mean by the healing intention? Hmm. Well, I want everybody who's listening to know that intention really determines your quality of life. And what I have learned through many years of study is that if you have a very, and I teach my patients this, be very clear about your intentions. I was just telling Carol that first thing in the morning I get up and I, I'm very clear and I say I intend to have a joyful day filled with peace and love. It's going to be a good day. I picture the day, I picture me, and I feel really good, and I can feel the vibration in my body before I put my feet on the floor. So I start the day with that. If I have time, I might write that. And if not, I think about it, and I include it as part of my prayer intentions, too. So if I have the intention of wanting to help facilitate healing in people, which I do, I make that a part of my daily intention. And... I do ask for help. I have learned through my research and my studies that we are not alone. I actually have had the experience of, um, and I write about in Touched by the Extraordinary, you all have guides, you all have angels. And, and I came to discover that one day in the middle of a session with an emergency session with a patient 
day after Thanksgiving a couple of years ago, and suddenly, out of the corner of my eye, I'm looking at my patient with, with my face, but I have a sense that my guide is present on the right. This had never happened to me before. So I've, I've, this is my journey, but it can be everybody's if that's what well, you wait, want. Could you, could you go further with that? Sure. What, what I experienced that day was I had a young woman being referred to me. It was a front-page newspaper situation. She had lost a couple of friends in college in a terrible car accident. And every time I meet with a patient in a really difficult situation, I always ask for help. Actually, I ask for help every day. I start my day with in my office now by lighting a candle and just saying a prayer and asking for help. So that day, while she was sitting there, I just inside quietly said, well, you know, I'm just I prayed for help. That's all. But I do that all the time. Well, that day, for some reason, I had this immediate sense off to my right of an older, of an ancient, not an old, but an ancient face. And it was an Indian presence. And it was sort of in a beige buckskin outfit. And again, I described this whole thing in the book. But he showed up, and I wasn't sure the face was so, so compassionate. And long white hair, by the way. But I had a sense that it wasn't female. It was masculine, strong masculine presence, but compassion. I kept getting compassion. And I thought to myself, am I crazy? What's happening here? You know, where is this coming from? This has never happened before. And so I finished that session. It was, that was, a, it was a couple of hours. It was an intense session. On the way home, I remember saying to myself again, it's just crazy. And because I had studied, started studying intuitive development, with an intuitive development, I have a spiritual teacher and I have a group, and I had just recently started that, I shared that experience with them, I guess, the following week. And um, they were able to go further, and because I have friends in that group who were studying to be shamans at the time, and they were actually able to give me more information. This experience went even further because two weeks later I was sitting with a dear friend of mine telling her about this incredible experience. Actually, I'm going to jump the gun on this. I had another experience related to that, and it has to do with a young woman by the name of Rising Moon. And that experience was once again picked up by somebody else in my life. You sort of need to read that. It's too much to go into right now. But the bottom line is you would ask me about what is about healing intention. My intent was to facilitate healing. And that day I had evidence of my assistant. I never, you know, had had that before. So I know now, and I know it by a number of means, that I have a number of guides who work with me. Well, I'm not alone. Carol, you have guides. Everybody does. But that was the first time I had some evidence of it. I've had much evidence since then. And again, that's what I talk about in the first part of Touch by the Extraordinary. I just want people to know that we're so much more than what we can see, touch, or feel. And how would you suggest that people open their eyes to that? There are a number of ways of doing this. The first thing is the desire to do it. First, you have the desire. The second thing, have the intention. You know, I desire to increase my wisdom. I want to know who is with me. And um, you ask for help with that. You know, in the first part of the book, I talk about the research dealing with mind, consciousness, prayer, healing, miracles. So what I have learned from the work of the quantum physicists, 
um, people like um, Henry Marginal, David Bohm, um, Albert Einstein. There is a group that in the laboratory were able to show that essentially everything is light, light energy. And the conclusion that they drew from that, which has been uh, built upon, is that that we are all connected. Uh, Carl Jung took that and went with that. And when you go with that, we're all connected, then you need to ask, well, what about mind? And the concept that they gave a name to was non-local mind. They said that our, we are more than a brain and a body. What they said is that, and Larry Dossi, a very well-known physician who's written extensively on medicine in the 21st century, goes with this concept of non-local mind. And that is that mind exists apart from our bodies, apart from the time we're living in, and apart from time, time, space, body, it's away from that. Now, if you begin to look at the possibility of that and what that means, it helps us to be able, and again, I cite a number of scientific research, and I try to do it in simple, conversational, layman terms. The research is easy to read, pretty much, for those of you who are reading, who are interested. It's, I want it to be easy to read material for you. But I bring this to you so that it validates the experiences that people are having. And the more you begin to read, which is, you said to me, Susan, how would you develop this? Well, one of the ways is, besides having the intention, the desire, start reading. Start asking for um, things to come to you that will help you learn and know more. Perhaps, the, the, you know, if you want, I read, read Gary Zukav many years ago. And at that point, I just knew I was ready to start developing my intuition. And I actually said a prayer, I remember, and I said, send me a good teacher. I had no idea who was going to be my teacher. And the universe did. It was, and I write about that in the book. It was so amazing to me how that happened. I'm not amazed anymore. These were things at the time that were amazing or extraordinary. I wrote the book called Touched by the Extraordinary because that's how we view things that are not scientifically proven that that we cannot explain easily but I've come to see much of what happens is ordinary rather than extraordinary mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. well perhaps when we come back you can give us an example of some of the anecdotes that you've heard so that people can sort of um, I'd love to people who are still kind of wondering whether this is real <laughs> can uh, That's okay. have some examples That's okay Talking with my guest, Susan Apollon, the author of Touched by the Extraordinary. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, and you're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch. Bringing the world together. You're listening to America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships... Check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Go beyond success and discover a deeper meaning to life. 
Join host Jeffrey Gitterman and his guests, the premier thought leaders in business, politics, science, spirituality, and culture, who have reached the pinnacle of financial and professional entertainment in their fields, only to discover a profound lack of fulfillment with what our culture defines as success. So won't you tune in every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time to Jeffrey Gitterman and Beyond Success, redefining the meaning of prosperity, right here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. You want the truth? Face the facts. This is voiceamerica.com. Depend on it. Hello, this is Rory Gray, president of Greyhound Pets of America and host of Greyhounds Made Great Pets on Voice America. Join me every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific and 2 p.m. Eastern for an insightful and enjoyable talk about one of man's best friends, the Greyhound. Learn about the history of the Greyhound, discuss proper obedience and training techniques, and find out more about the Greyhound racing industry and what they are doing to help the adoption effort of the former race dog. If you own a Greyhound or just love dogs like I do, join me for Greyhounds Make Great Pets every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific right here on America's Voice. VoiceAmerica.com. The world leader in Internet Talk Radio. Internet Talk Radio. You're listening to America's Voice. VoiceAmerica.com. Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have questions or comments for Dr. Carol, call toll free at 1 888 335 5204. Now let's get back to the show. Here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. My own story. My own The world leader in Internet Talk Radio. Internet Talk Radio. You're listening to America's Voice, VoiceAmerica.com. Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have questions or comments for Dr. Carol, call toll-free at 1-888-335-5204. Now let's get back to the show. Here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist, Hoax. The host, <laughs> Dr. Carol Lieberman, I'll get that. Yeah. And we're talking today with Susan Apollon, the author of Touched by the Extraordinary. And just in case um, you're all thinking that some of the, some of you might be thinking, I don't think you're all thinking, but there might be a, just a few of you out there who are thinking. Which would be normal. <laughs> who are thinking, what? <laughs> what are you people talking about? <gasps> Um, I thought I would ask Susan to to just give some sort of down to earth or as, as down to earth as they can be examples mm-hmm. of patients or people who you've worked with who have said you're going to think I'm crazy, but there are many stories in the book, and I can I can go to a number of one. But part of what I talk about in the book are stories. I, I have a large area about angels, and there are some wonderful anecdotes about angels that have been reported by large numbers of people. But the one that I particularly like is a story of Frank Oski. I think it's Frank. It's Dr. Oski who was at um, Johns Hopkins. And this is actually a published anecdote, or it's an anecdote for me, but he wrote it as an article. He, when he was an intern, had a young patient, um, and she died. And he was extremely distraught and his thinking was why do children have to die you know what what was the purpose that this child had to lose her life and he writes that he had gone to bed now he's a young man at this point and he wrote he went to bed and pretty much was conscious of that 
And he said that he had an experience where it was clearly not a dream. But he remember awakening in his room, and he said there was before him, and he said the only word I can use is an angelic presence, angel or angelic presence. And this particular angel spoke to him very specifically and very directly, and she said, you wonder why these children died, but they come in, and they come in as teachers. I'm paraphrasing now. Again, mm-hmm. I really recommend people go to the book, but mm-hmm. the, these Young people come in as teachers. They're here to teach you. And and in order to do that, they know ahead of time that their lives will be mm-hmm. short. But they they die knowing ahead of time. And they are here to guide, inspire, and teach. Mm-hmm. And that's always been a favorite. Another story of mine, now this is, I talk about the fact that I don't believe there are coincidences. I talk about synchronicities in the book. There's so many of you... You know, I, there's so much. Those of you who, are, who have these experiences where one minute you think of somebody and the next minute they mm-hmm. phone or they call, I mean, that's you intuitively picking up what's going to happen. And I want you to know that you've got great intuitive wisdom and you can develop that. But in any case, there is a story in the book where I met my cousin uh, in, who's from Israel, and she lost her son. It's my cousin, it's plural. They lost their son. His name was God, G-A-D. Um, as an 18-year-old, as a medic. And um, we spoke about him as we walked the streets after dinner. We walked the streets of New York, and I asked her, what kind of experiences have you had? She shared many, and some of those I've written up, and they're in the book, Touched by the Extraordinary. But what was wonderful about this was that I sort of spoke to God in my own mind while Leah was speaking, and I said, I know you're here. I think I probably said it to Leah, too. I said, I know you're here, and, and it feels good. Well, we got in the car. We said goodbye. We got in the car. And as we're coming to the toll booth, I'm talking to my husband, and suddenly I look up at the license plate right in front of me. Mm. And on that license plate is God, G-A-D, 18. God, 18. And I just said, thank you. Thank you. I knew you were there, but this is your way of saying to me, yes, I was, and you wanted to say hi to me and just let me know. And I was so grateful to him for that. Hmm. And I've always loved that story because it was such a personal communication for me. Hmm. <laughs> and then you told your cousins, presumably. Of course I did, but, you know, she wasn't surprised. Uh-huh. She was not at all. No. <laughs> I think probably one of the biggest hurdles to get over is for people to um, open themselves up to the fact that these kinds of things can and do happen rather than being concerned about um, I must be crazy if I expect something like this to happen. You're right. But if you just make up your mind you're going, and you say to yourself, I want to feel good. These things let me feel good. So, you know, universe, God, angels, whoever is with me, I want to start opening myself up. That's my intent, to start to receive. And then I'm recommending to all of you, start looking for signs. I didn't know about signs. 15, 20 years ago, until a friend of mine who did die from cancer, and she was an expert on signs. Hmm. And she said, you've got to look for them. And I remember when she died, her daughter who had moved out to Chicago, and my friend was a lover of angels. And my friend's daughter, with whom I had uh, formed a really nice relationship, ended up moving to a street that was called Angel Alley. And that just <laughs> did not feel like a coincidence to her or to me. It was mm-hmm. just not. 
So look for signs. I want, you had asked me much, much earlier, how do they talk with us? How do they communicate? Well, one of them is they do it through animals, through insects, butterflies. So often they will take uh, a normal butterfly and they will become one energetically with it. And in the book there are so many wonderful stories of those who've lost their children and they've had these incredible experiences where butterflies, after the child has died, or the husband, because I have another wonderful story there about a husband, the butterfly will come and stay close and hover on their shoulder, their neck. None of this had happened before the death. But these individuals know without any question that it is their loved one saying, I'm here for you. Don't think I'm disappeared. I'm here. Take, take comfort in that. Mm-hmm. And they're able to do that. And um, so it's, there are lots of wonderful ways that they find to let us know that they're present. And there are so many ways that you can be so much more than who you are. You've got so much power, all of you who are listening. And what I wanted to do was share how you could take some of that, own it, and feel more joy in your lives and enjoy it. You're, you're filled with resources. And we just have a little bit of time left, but how... W- can you describe can you describe how this way of thinking what you've learned um has changed your life it has been the most wonderful experience I mean, where every you... moment is joyful okay but where did you, where what was the darkness that you started from i wouldn't say i wouldn't say that i started in darkness but certainly i had just as so many people do i had a childhood that was uh filled with its share of pain and, and, but as I went through this, I did what I believe in, which is I released my anger. I forgave wherever I needed to forgive. I do not hold any kind of, um, if, if, it's not that I'm not, I'm not perfect, and I do experience emotions. And if I get angry, I notice it, I feel it, and then I work on releasing it, because I'm, I know I want to feel good. This has enabled me to achieve um, a sense of peace and serenity. And and it's a joyful experience. Mm. Every day is joyful as a result of learning what I've learned, and that's why I want to share it with everybody. Well, yes, I mean it does. You can tell that it's coming from a very, uh, a very genuine place that you're really excited to share all of this. So it's why don't contagious. we? <laughs> <laughs> but if you want, please go to touchbytheextraordinary.com. I was just going to. You intuited that. I was just. And there is a free report if people want to order it from there, but you can also order it. Um, you can go to a Barnes & Noble and order it at Barnes & Noble, and there's a phone number on, you can dial 768-888, I should say, 888-768-8353, or just go to touchbytheextraordinary.com. Okay, great. And is there a way um, on your website for people to email you directly? Yes. yes. Definitely, it's there. Yeah. Okay. Well, perhaps you'll get some interesting stories of, um, I'm sure that my listeners have had um, at least some of, actually all of them, some of them may be more aware of it or think of it um, more easily than others, but I'm sure all of you um, have had experiences, know uh, what Susan is talking about, and perhaps you'd like to share some of them with her. I would love that. I would love that. Thank you. This has been a wonderful experience. Well, thank you. And I think um, it, it also has been something so perfectly uplifting at a time 
when um, we're going to need to remember some of these things as we go through. Uh, again, I'm hoping for a miracle. I hope we don't have to go through it, but unless mm-hmm. somebody takes a stand who has the power to do something, um, I mean, I've been using my power in the media to talk about it, but I'm talking, I'm talking about a legislate a legislator right. or something or um, who can swoop in and, and expose this to the injustice that it is. So this is really perfect timing. Something uh, very uplifting that we can that we can think about and, and again the website is touched by the extraordinary dot com. So Susan, thank you very much for joining me on Dr. Carol's Couch. My guest Thanks, has been Carol. Susan Barbara Apollon and um, these are this is a, a guidebook that one should have for these troubled times for us to um, not necessarily to think about our passing so quickly, but to, to be more aware of, of what's going on around us and to and it's true what you said um, that if we knew that that there that this is just one stage in in life, life after life, that um, we wouldn't be as fearful as we right. are about things. That's right. That's one of the reasons, again, that I wrote it, to help people lose their fear. Yeah. Because really there would be nothing to fear. Uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, perhaps pains, but uh, briefly at death, but really, really nothing, not the end is what, nothing, nothingness is so many people fear. Well, thank you very much, and thank you people for listening. This is your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, and you've been listening to Dr. Carol's Couch voiceamerica.com Thank you for joining us on Dr. Carol's Couch. Join us next week at 1 p.m. Pacific time for another installment of Dr. Carol's Couch. We'll save you a seat.